Okay, let's try this. Can you hear me now? Now we're getting a, a, a too loud. Mic check, one, two. Mic check, one, two. Mic check, one, two. Can everybody hear me? I'm on my own delay here. Hey, there we go. There we go. I'm going to fire the sound engineer instantaneously. That was just a little too much to bear, but my goodness, we're in. We are here. Everybody can hear me. And we've got all kinds of stuff to get covered today. So first and foremost, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. If this is your first time tuning in, this is the Grass Factor Weekly Lawn and Garden Show. And a little bit of how this works is... It's an open format, and what I mean by open format is that you ask the questions, I will provide the answers. I will give everybody a word of warning. My area of expertise would be turf grass management. We could talk about other subjects. I don't mind jumping into them. However, the extent of my knowledge is basically going to be limited to turf grass management. Now, what that does mean is that we could talk a little bit about some annuals, some perennials, uh, some of the flowers you see around at the... Home Depot and all your perfectly good woody ornamentals and stuff. But I will tell you, I do want to talk about turf grass and your lawns. I want to hear about them. I want to experience them. I want to feel them. I'm right here with you. So, hope that made sense to everybody. If this is your first time watching, glad you are here. And thank you for tuning in. Um, I like to do this every Sunday. I had to take a couple of Sundays off to get some things squared away. Took the family out for a little bit. Throw her down! And uh, so, anyway, we are, uh, my mom's in here. I, I got a grill gal. Hot mic, hot mic. Um, so, yeah, everybody, thank you for tuning in to the show. And uh, now that Game of Thrones is over, I can come back to my normal time. Now we are going to move into that portion of the show that we refer to as Roll Call. So, I'm going to hop over here to the chat and give a big what's up. Oh, Lushy, you better stop, sir. No, sir. You put that... You put that credit card up. You put it up right now. Big shout out to Lushy. Welcome, sir. Glad you're here. Brian Jones. See, Brian, go. Able to do it from the house today. Mr. J. Pinkerton. John the Pink Pinkerton. Over here all the way from Hiawatha, Iowa. This video is not sponsored by thatonecupcakeplace.com, but I will tell you that because John is here, we're going to show him some love. Everybody go pay a visit over to John and give them some positive feedback. Try some of their cupcakes and experience what you're missing. And also give some love to John and his wife. They're awesome people. I'm glad you're here, John. Uh, Eric Vaughn Waddell, Matt Anderson, Mr. L.A., Mr. Louisiana Basshole, kids reeling in, reeling in the big honkers, the big pigs, the seven-pounders, the ten-pounders. Woo! My friend Gravy Lookout. I'll show you what's on my lawn right. What's on my screen right now? This is what I've got on screen number two, and that's showing some love over there to Mr. Gravy Lookout and his channel. I love what he's doing. It is a very artistic, uh, cinematic approach to lawn care, and there's not anything like it in uh, in the uh, lawn care community right now. So I just can't get enough of his videos. I think they're fantastic. The Lawn Stripes is here, Mr. Goo. I'm not going to use your real name. All right, maybe I will later. Lawn Care Addicts, how are you? Good, sir. Glad you are here. TLCA. 
Mr. Terry Finch is here getting in getting in on the show before the show. That's what I'm talking about. Mr. Swatkins. What's going on, Jeremy? How are you, sir? Crutch9. Uh, uh, well, Lambert, what's going on? My favorite attorney, Mr. Sherrod. Mr. Richard Bryan. <laughs> Listen to this high chat. <laughs> Gorgonzola, Mr. Thomas, how are you? Good, sir. APAP Canarf. What is the cheapest fungicide to combine for a homeowner with 10,000 square feet? I tell you, the easiest thing to do, APAP Canarf, is I don't typically look at those products when I'm in a Home Depot because I get a little frustrated, but they do have disease control products. And it's not that they do anything wrong. It's just, you know, I don't know. I don't know why. I just I get a little weird when I see them in there. I try and stay away from that section in general because I hear so much bad advice being pa passed back and forth and credence given to the employee of uh, Home Depot because they work at Home Depot. And, you know, I, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. I'm glad you're here, Mr. APAP Kanar. But what I would do is ask you to look at the active ingredients. And with those names of active ingredients, you can look and see is it a, um, is it a PPI? Is it a... Um, uh, is it a strobilurin? And then decide which combination will work. So I don't know. I don't know those products. But, uh, you know, you want to find something that is a PPI and combine it with in a, a strobilurin or zoxystrobin or propiconazole. You know, those are all in what I just described. Sun99 is here. Reload Dad wants some rain. I want some rain, too. I need rain. In fact, I'm actually running sprinklers in my backyard right now, watering at night. Don't tell anybody. Uh, let's see who else is in here. Mr. Lucky, Mr. Hawkins, Super Big Head, Chris Gibson, Lambo Leaper, Agav Bond, KD Zero. Man, look at all these. Chris, what? Sounded like a Tekken game over here. Uh, Super Big Head, man, I have not seen you here before. I'm glad you are here. Cow Cow Ben, y'all. JYRIG, RTL cabinet. All right, I'm going to hop on down here. So, like I said, this is open format. You ask questions, I will provide answers. I apologize, that went way too long. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> so, here we go. Let's dive in. Um, let's see. Let's see. Looks like one of the first questions I see. If there was anybody who asked a question before this, Ray is in the house. Uh, if, I, if you answered, uh, asked a question before, uh, and I didn't see it, you feel free to ask again now. Um, does a does a lawn really need pee to, in order to be healthy? Eric Von Waddell, I will put it to you this way. There are three main macronutrients that everybody identifies with managing turf. That is nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And they may not order those in terms of importance for plant performance, but <coughs> they do order those uh, for a particular reason and those are the three key building blocks to the start of a healthy lawn that is not the end-all be-all but that is a good general start based on the rate of consumption by the plant so to answer your question does the lawn really need pee in order to be healthy yes because it is a macronutrient. Now, the rate it needs to be healthy is varying. It covers a very large gamut of possible answers there. So, for instance, when you're seeding and establishing seed, as my buddy Chris Elm says, you get one opportunity. So you want to make sure you have all the fuel in the gas tank to make sure it's got enough go juice to get up and going. 
Uh, trying to establish seed without pee is possible. If you've ever put a seed in a paper towel and watched it germinate, it will do that. But if you want to give your best chance of success, eventually it's going to call on some pee. Hope that helps. Uh, hey, Matt, are you planning on releasing the 818 to the DIY market? Uh, eventually, possibly, it depends on, it's going to be one of those supply versus demand things. We do not make it at the rate that we make Carbon X 2404. Uh, therefore, it is of limited supply. And we feel like if we opened it up to the DIY market, the demand would be greater than the supply. So that's why we're doing what we're doing. However, as we expand the plant, uh, we're going to be working on some things specifically for the DIY market. Hope that helps. Um, I'll be bidding on a sports field next week, three softball fields and a community center starting over this time on Bermuda grass. Been watching you, uh, Rob, good luck. It's, uh, it's not too terribly difficult. You just have to shift your pattern down because your growth habit is going to be from May until October. So that's when you have to focus on setting the lawn up for everything it's going to encounter over the winter because it's very hard. It's a hard transition to go dormant and then come back green again. So again, you're preparing everything for winter dormancy. You got to get it up. You got to get it going. You got to get it performing. Uh, you want it as tight as possible to go dormant. And then that way, when it comes out of dormancy, again, you're repeating the process. So you just have to shift your thinking based on the way it actually grows and performs. The forecast teased me with a week of rain starting Wednesday. I've got the same forecast, Jim Keen. I've got the same forecast. Matthew, I seeded my Princess 77 today and put down 18.24.6 starter, leaving in 10 days for about two weeks. Should I put something down before I leave or just pray? Chris, I would just pray because you've given it everything it needs to initially succeed. Um, and I, I know your lawn has previously been on a program and you know, you've know got the centipede there. So um, yeah, I think you've done everything exactly right. You know, Just make sure your watering is there. And I think Pay attention to how your watering looks over the next couple of days. You might need to make adjustments. Um, I know you've got it coming on and, and flushing, you know, like every, uh, like once an hour or something like that. By the time you leave, you may need to dial that back a little bit just based on areas you may see washed out and stuff. So uh, you may need to tinker with your watering, but you've done everything you need to do. You're good to go, sir. Uh, if you do want to put down more starter before you go, you can do that as well. It's not going to hurt anything. Um I'm starting a lawn business and just bought a Ferris 61 inch. I need a smaller mower for fenced in backyards. Uh, do I get a 32 inch or 36 inch walk behind? What's an average gate size? 36 is going to be an average gate size, but in terms of what size mower you need, I'm not going to be able to help you there. To be honest, Dave, I've never really mowed lawns for a living. Um, there was a period in my life where I mowed golf greens and fairways, uh, but as far as actually mowing residential lawns, I've never done that, so I won't be able to advise you on your mower size. But I will say, from purchasing equipment that had to go through gates, a standard gate is going to be around 48 inches. You will come across the occasional 36-inch gate, and usually once or twice you'll find a 32-inch gate. But predominantly, if you have a machine that can get through a 36-inch gate, you can get through anything. Uh, what shrub weed backpack do you recommend? Um, I'm not a big uh, tech geek, uh, product geek when it comes to um, uh, getting material down. In my opinion, it's just getting whatever I can find. <laughs> I mean, I've used all the solos and everything else that's not uh, you know pumpless. I've only used a couple of battery sprayers, and those were good. Um, but I, you know, I mean, it is what it is, and I think. 
you know, probably you're gonna get your uh, get what you pay for. So pick something in the in the middle of the price range. Maybe not go most expensive, but definitely don't go cheapest. Hope that helps. Um, hey, Matthew Brake from Austin, Texas. Glad you're here, sir. Uh, if you're down there, you need to go show some love to my buddy Barrett O'Donnell down there, doing it big with his band. Uh, all right, we're going to keep going down here. Cat Bird Feeder, that is not necessary, ma'am. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's very sweet of you. Um, what, uh, yeah, okay, so that, uh, Brian, I'll tell you who's got the best video for choosing one of those, um, at least for, as like a homeowner, something to use around yourself. Um, you could, you, uh, check out, um, um, Paul Outlaw with Paul's Prime, Prime Cuts on YouTube. He kind of gives a run over on the ones he uses. And uh, I can't remember the name of his specific one that he likes most, but uh, he really, really likes that. Um, are biosolids a good source of pee? Yes, Lambert. However, you're the, the release of that pee, the availability of that pee is going to be limited uh, based on the mineralization of microbial activity. So it's not like it has ammonium phosphate or diammonium phosphate in there. Um, it you know, it has to be mineralized into a usable phosphate form. So, uh, yes, it is, but understand you need to put that down months in advance of when you actually need it or when soil temperatures are going to dictate that you do get that release that you're looking for. Fixing to be in a fertilizer band in southwest Florida every year. My San Augustine starts dying. I think fungus from lots of rain. Going to use Eagle 20. Should I mix with micros or kelp? Uh, you can do all three of them if, if you need that, Sammy. Um, so check your soil test, but kelp, definitely any kind of damage it sustains, it sustains, it will help it push out, plus any kind of stress, uh, it will help to mitigate that. So you can definitely do that. Potrev, I was wondering if I wait till it goes brown in the heat of summer and then hit with a power dethatchel several times to pull it up. No, it will not, and I will tell you why. It's because the root system is going to uh, still remain in the ground, and that rhizome that is produced will push up a new plant. So, no, that will not help. My daughter is peeking around the corner. She's coming to get me. Uh, whoa, we jumped down to the bottom here. Let's go. Um, I was doing a blanket preventative propaganazole app today and found a small patch of leaf spot. I have some azoxystrobin on the way to help out. Should I blanket the lawn with that or just the patch? Um, you can do it either way, Gravy, but I would typically recommend going ahead and doing a blanket spray because where you may knock it out in one particular area isn't necessarily going to mean you won't get it somewhere else. So uh, in terms of more uniform look, I would probably go ahead and take on the whole thing. Um, I have found putting magnets on irrigation lines helps with overall appearance. Interesting. I've used magnetized water in veggie gardens and found better yields. You ever use magnets? No, I have not. And I don't know, I'm trying to think from uh, the standpoint of what would uh, allow for overall appearance. Um, you know, basically anything that is going to be, uh, all of your metals would be drawn to one side. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I've never used magnets, but... I'm sure there's, there may be. I don't know. There may not be. Maybe some data out there that's worth digging into. Um, Garden Earth Guy, if you don't mind, shoot that to me in an email at thegrassfactor@gmail.com and let's dive deep into the interwebs. Mushrooms, I have hundreds of them in my lawn. Why? Too much fur? I put down starter fur every spring in regular apps and milo. No crutch. What that means is that you have plenty of organic matter in your soil. Mushrooms is a symptom of three different things. Adequate moisture, uh, adequate, adequate temperature, and adequate host. 
So if you have those three things, then there you are. You've got mushrooms. Um, it has nothing to do with fertilizer. Um, it has to do with moisture, host, and temperature. Uh, let's see. Where am I? Where am I? I'm wondering, hey, Matt, my lawn samples came back from NC State. Lawn has Pythium Blight. Interesting. What can I add to the Methanoxin for the best mix? Paul Manicone, I would add, um, wow, you got Cool Season Pythium Blight. That is interesting. Um, you could add Phosphite. Add Phosphite. There you go. Um... Let's see. I was uh, hi. I was wondering. I used Milo and Scott's Turf Builder to a seven. Can I put another application of nitrogen down in July? Ringer, a dollar spot every summer, but not yet. Um, yeah, you can if you're dealing with dollar spot. I don't know what kind of turf type you have. I do not know if you're dealing with Bermuda grass and you get dollar spot, then you probably need to throw down more fertilizer. If you got cool season and you're getting dollar spot in July. Uh, yeah, you could be starving there, uh, but also usually when I'm seeing dollar spot in summer on cool season turf, you've you've got high pH. I see a lot of that, so you may need to get down some sulfur. Um, North Carolina here. Anyone changing their warm turf program to help bounce back? Thoughts on fescue? Continue fungi and pray. Uh, yeah, for fescue, that's what I would do. I would continue with the fungicide and pray. Um, however, for the warm turf program, I would probably be applying something slow release like a, a methylene urea would be a good, um, and, uh, you know, or like one of those, you know, super slower release polycoats, but I would get one with a higher average temperature. Something that's going to be higher than like 80, 83 degrees, something like that. Flow zone is what Paul uses. That's right. That's right. Um, what would you recommend to get rid of chamber bitter here in central Alabama? So, Craig, this is going to be a tough one, but you could use MSM and maybe throw in like a three-way kicker. Uh, depending on your turf type, you may also want to use uh, fluoroxapir. Be careful if you've got Bermuda grass, fluoroxapir can hurt it really, really bad. So, just keep that in mind. You may have to do a little damage to get rid of it. But uh, mesulfuron methyl is one, and I'll give you my general. I do it every show. I'll give you my warning of mesulfuron methyl. Uh, half an ounce to the acre kills weeds. One ounce to the acre kills trees. Two ounces to the acre kills soil. So just keep that in the back of your mind. We're talking about a half an ounce to the acre. Uh, does having sandy soil change fertilizer strategy? Sandy soil passes the nutrients quicker than clay soil, correct? So a spoon feeding method would be better. Also, how does CEC factor into this? So, Rich, uh, CEC is basically just the soil's ability to retain things. You know, there's lots of charges and stuff like that, electro, electromagnetic charges, but it's, it's the ability to retain things. So if you have sandy soil, you have low CEC, the soil isn't going to retain it as well. So you would want to spoon feed specifically in sandy soils high frequency, low rates. So every two weeks, maybe you could get away with once a month, uh, depending on your nutrient sources. Uh, so yes, you definitely want to increase frequency. Uh, CEC just factors into the classification structure of the soil, how much clay content, mineral content it can it contains. Uh, sandy soil doesn't, so CEC is not going to play a factor into it unless you amend your sand with organic matter or clay. Which I mean, you can organic matter, but don't don't. I, w I would stay away from trying to mend with clay. Um, should I spoon feed the carbon X on my hybrid Bermuda, or just throw it down at one pound uh, at 
uh, per thousand. Which method is better? It depends up to you, Bermuda Boss. It depends on your soil type and whether you want to throw down one pound at once or put it down in a spoon feed. Um, it also depends on what is your height of cut. So if you're cutting at three quarters of an inch or less, or if you're real cutting um, and you've got a super dense canopy there, then you may want to uh, spoon feed it. But if you are um, uh, dealing with, uh, you know, like two, uh, one and a half, one inch rotary cut Bermuda grass, then yeah, you can go ahead and put down a pound. You'll be fine. Came back from vacation. Neighbor said backyard coming in nicely. Found it covered in nut sedge. Avoid sulfur zone to keep from hurting your own seedlings and use halosulfuron methyl. Yes, absolutely. Halosulfuron on uh, fescue is definitely going to be the safer of those two products for sure. Hey man, did my first Carbon X app today and watered it in. The white pearls were gone, but my question is, do the black pearls take longer to dissolve? Don't have any sriracha on hand to mix with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, they will take a little bit longer to dissolve because there are going to be some organic, there's organic material in that. So uh, you'll see it break down a little slower. Whoa, we jumped down to the bottom. Let me come back up here a little bit. Uh, South Florida, St. Augustine next year. I plan on putting down prodiamine January, February based on my 55, 65 temps to follow your nutsedge plan and also be putting down pennant mag in March, Solero in April, and Monument in May. Um, Chris Lucky, uh, be careful. Uh, what would your recommendation be for a normal pre-emerge program for crabgrass coupled with a nutsedge program? Okay, so be careful if you are using Monument on St. Augustine. I don't think it's labeled for St. Augustine. If it is, I think it's only for sod farms. You have to understand it's going to cause damage. So do not put Monument on it. So uh, I guess what you're saying, what I'm seeing here with your program, uh, I would probably do split after Solero. Do Solero in April and then Solero in May. Um, and my recommendation for that would be, um, you know, you could go uh, your January, February, first application on your prodiamine. Um, then you could do um, your second application of prodiamine and just tank mix that with your Solero and then do a third application of just Solero. So hope that helps. That would be your both, you know, because prodiamine is going to target your crabgrass. That's going to be your crabgrass and nut sedge program. Uh, let's see here. All the cool kids are doing it. <laughs> uh, is it getting too late to knock out wild violet? I've seen a big surge recent, recently. Would triplet still work? Amine or ester? Best or factin option? It is too late, really, to be going after it. Probably non-mastery. I would wait till fall and go after it with, um, if you wanted to go after it now, I'll tell you what you could do. You could use triplet and combine it with quinclorac. It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be about as good as you could get. Don't forget when you're using the quinclorac, add a methylated seed oil. You may get a little bit of ding from it, but you should be okay. But if that's going to be your best bet, will you probably get a kill? No, but it should reduce populations enough where it's not going to be so obvious anymore. Is propiconazole and oxystrobe effective if applied in the rain? Looking at wet forecast this week, and yeah, thank God for sure. And I'm doing it for fungus treatment on several lawns. Uh, no, you cannot apply those in the rain. Azoxystrobin will have systemic activity, but do not apply that in the rain. HD Movie Source is here. What are you doing, my man? I'm glad you're here, sir. I'm glad you're here. I have Kentucky bluegrass, and I'm in Pittsburgh. Okay, if you have Kentucky bluegrass, I would probably go about it. Yeah, you could you could throw throw down some organic there. It's not going to hurt anything. Um, uh, but 
a little <laughs> race <laughs> to get in there and put down a real fertilizer. Uh, so anyway, yeah, there you go. You know, you can, uh, you can definitely, you know, get your fertilizer now. Just make sure that your water is right. And, um, also uh, you may need to go preventative with your fungicide. Just saying that too. Oh man. Yeah. That's an old, that's my, this was June 23rd of last year, my backyard. So we'll see what it looks like. June 23rd of this year. See, with my first drive on wet lawns with my permagreen, it is super easy and does not cause any issues at all. Uh, let's see, we're gonna keep going. I got the mono ammonium phosphorus, directions say uh, eighth inch per gallon of water, but how does that translate into per thousand square feet for lawns? Um, I have no idea what you're talking about, Paul. Um, this is what I said phosphite. There's phosphorus, monoammonium, uh, that's MAP, right? So that's going to be good for, oh, that's right, because we had talked about that. So if you want, um, the, you know, this would be the the directions. Um, I, I'm assuming it's dry. Um, if you've got a, like a dry powder, uh, you just mix it into water. So, you know, if you want to get down, you know, we'll say it's, uh, two pounds per thousand, because that would give you about a full pound of pee. Um then what you would do is you take two pounds of material, dissolve it in the amount of water it takes you to spray over a thousand square feet. If it's already in liquid, it's a little more complicated than that. Shoot me an email and we'll go over it with you. How to rid beetles on crepes. I have tall star pea and aminoclopid if that helps. Both of those will work just fine. Uh, in fact, you could just use tall star pea and you could get away with it without any issues. Uh, let's see. Fiesta. Fiesta. What strategy in a 100% organic program to manage weeds? The only thing I know of is um, is Fiesta, and it doesn't actually kill the weeds. It's just going to burn the leaves off. So um, I know it'll work decent on, like, uh, what is it? Dandelions, if sprayed, like, three or four times, something like that. But um, I know a guy in Canada. He's in our PLCA group, Professional Lawn Care Applicator Group, and he is limited to only Fiesta, and he said it's eh. There you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, I sprayed brush killer today. It smoked the kudzu and small brush trees. Love the stuff. It is. It works incredibly well. Typically, brush killers are going to contain a tad bit of triclopyr, so therefore, you're going to get a pretty good burn down. Um, sprayed a mix of propiconazole and azoxy yesterday. I accidentally ran the permagreen with a broadcasted trim nozzle over for half the yard. So I'm sure the app wasn't sufficient. Should I reapply now? Um, I don't know. You actually may be okay. Um, I've heard of some people doing that, and like that's just how they spray. Just because you have both nozzles open, you're only going to get one output out of that pump. So you're still only getting down the recommended rate, but your passes may narrow up just a hair. Um, so... I would let it go for like maybe another week or two and then reapply. I would at least give it two weeks, then reapply. Let's see here. Four pounds per M. Woo! Woo! You're going to be growing, Colonel Corn. Uh, thank you, man. I've been spoon feeding with good results. I have sandy loam and a CC of 5.6, pH 5.8. But I did add 20 pounds of lime per thousand in the spring. That's a good start, Rich. I think you're doing just fine, man. I think you're doing just fine. Um, what's going on? 
Uh, man, I just did a basic 2,4-D dicamba weed control. How long do I have to wait to add ironite, malorganite, or any nitrogen-based fertilizer to grant the lawn? You can go ahead and do it now. You can do it at the same time you spray those products. Professionals all day, day in and day out, are typically applying fertilizer and weed control simultaneously on the on all properties. So, um, yeah, it just you can you're more than safe to go ahead and do that. Hey, Matt, looks like I got brown patch going on. Do I need to attack it with two sort of modes, or should one be enough? What would you buy from Home Depot for fungicide? Matt, I hope I answered that question earlier well enough. I do not know any um, Home Depot products that will allow you to do that. Um, I just I don't I don't know homeowner products. I think Alan did it. I think uh, Alan Hayne, the lawn care nut, has a fungicide guide um, that talks about uh, these things, but I do not um know what they are disease x scott's disease x contains his oxytrobin as far as a dmi to mix with it i don't know what that is i said ppi earlier it's a dmi oh my goodness i was thinking ppoi from sulfentrazone i just i got all kinds of mixed up dmi and uh, strobilurin so yes and the reason why you want to run two is i'll give you this statistic when you run two and a half modes of action it is going to be resistant to an issue 78 times less than if you ran a single mode of action. So more modes of actions means broader spectrum, um, means it would have to, the pathogen or fungus or bacteria would have to adapt to two different sites. Um, and like, I'll give you an example. There was an old fungicide called chlorothalonil that just got banned in the EU. Um, and chlorothalonil was kind of a novel concept because it attacked so many uh, so many different sites that any kind of mutation that would occur that would lead to resistance would have to occur like 60 something mutations or I can't even remember what it was it was exponential it may have been like a thousand different mutations or something to reach it however with something like zoxytrobin it has to make one mutation if it's just propiconazole it has to make one mutation so if you add two that means it now has to make two mutations and the probabilities of that are decreased but not absent so it's a better thing to always run two modes of action versus one save the planet um let's see here thank you mr abdu thank you sir that is unnecessary uh Steve Movable Source says I'll be moving in six months and it's going to have crappy dead clay with sod laid on top. Any advice? Newly laid sod. Uh, molasses may bring it back back to life. Um yeah, I mean that's a good place to start is molasses. Um you know, that may be one of those instances where you go grab uh one of those bags of fertilizer that has like all the bacillus varieties and stuff like that in it and go ahead and get it down. Um but um you know when you when you think when you're thinking about clay that just looks lifeless you know water is going to be really important bringing those soil moisture levels up is going to increase microbial activity and help build you new soil secondly get something growing on it i did the video about the root cycling effect you want to initiate that as fast as possible the root cycling effect will help you grow grass and revitalize your soil faster than anything else and then lastly you could amend it with compost um, aerate the fire out of it, get the plugs out of there, and then backfill it with compost. That would be your, your third bet. Um, hey, Matt, overseeding Bermuda with rye. What's the pounds per 1,000? I assume you're doing that this fall. Uh, but, yes, I typically did uh, 15 to 20 pounds per 1,000, depending on my playing surface. Um, like, for instance, with football fields, I may go out at 10 pounds initially and then add another 5 into it. 
Uh, baseball typically would be a one and done, 20 pounds per thousand, call it good. It sounds a bit high, but that's actually normal to give you a solid playing surface. Remember, the size of plants you get out of rice seed is nowhere near as dense, as, as uh, large as you would get out of fescue. So that's why you, would, you could even seed an establishment with fescue at five pounds per thousand and still cover some pretty good coverage. But when you're dealing with perennial ryegrass, that five pounds per thousand is, you know, it looks thin and sparse and not even like it's down. So yes, 10 to 15 to 20 pounds per thousand is where you want to be. It is expensive. There's no doubt about it. It's definitely expensive because you do not want to go cheap on your perennial ryegrass seed. Because remember, the more allelepathy that can take place from that perennial ryegrass, the harder the time you're going to have with the Bermuda the next year. Can Triclobeer be added to speed zone on Kentucky bluegrass and turf type tall fescue? Yes, Rich, if you've got the temperatures for it. Um, uh, the, let's see. What can I apply on six-week-old tall fescue to kill weeds and prevent crabgrass? I have prodiamine. Um, I would use mesotrione, also known as tenacity. I think that would be your best bet on six-week-old tall fescue. But at six-week-old tall fescue, I mean, you should be good there. I mean, I, I wouldn't have any reservations whatsoever about attacking with weeds right now. Attacking the weeds right now. I meant an eighth of a teaspoon per gallon of water. Yes, this is a dry powder from MPK products. So, yeah. So, yeah, I would recommend starting at two pounds per gallon of water if you spray at one gallon per thousand square feet. I'm assuming you spray one gallon per thousand square feet. So put two pounds in a, in a, a gallon of water. Um, Princess 77 in Arden 15 closes sort of seed that would match Tifway. I don't have the funds to sod 3,000 square feet, so I was planning to just seed. Um, I do not know what would match closest to Tiffway. I would definitely say I don't know Arden 15, but Princess 77 would not because it is a very, very fine-bladed um, uh, Bermuda grass. So if you think about like um, uh, Yukon is going to be a little little wider, you know, a little thicker, uh, Princess 77 is going to be really thin. So I don't, I honestly do not know off the top of my head what that would be. Bayer Granulars Propiconazole. There we go. There we go. Uh, is Tito's Keto? Yes, it is. 100%. Um, if I put down St. Aug in a few bare spots, will it start taking over the centipede? Yes, the potential for it to do that is there. So this is usually what I see happen in those instances. When one year you have a better growing season for centipede, it will start to overtake the other turf type. In the next year, if you have a better growing season for St. Augustine, it will begin to take over your centipede. It will balance out somewhere in the middle with one probably not dominating the other. They're just cohabitating. Um, does Ornamec 170 kill established crab, uh, a crabgrass? I don't know what Ornamec 170 is. Uh, let's see if I can find a label for it real quick. Uh, chances are that it does not. Uh, it contains flazifop. I don't know if it will or not. Let's see what it's got on crabgrass. Uh Yes, it says you can, and it is going to be six to nine ounces per thousand. It looks like something like that. Um, I don't know if it'll be a single application that'll get it, uh, and probably at that rate, just be aware it's going to ding your cool season grass. That's a pretty high rate. Do not apply that on Bermuda grass uh, because that will smoke your Bermuda. Serious question, should I be worried about fungicides at all in my yard? Armyworms caught me off guard last year, different problem, and we got less than two inches of rain last month at my house. No, I wouldn't. Um, typically, there I see no need to apply fungicides on 
um, Bermuda grass lawns, and that's just due to where I live. Um, if we lived in a more tropical environment, um, I know where you are, you're more coastal, so I wouldn't worry about it there. If you were more tropical, I would say, yeah, you may want to worry about it there. Or if you lived in an area that was surrounded by trees, and I've seen your house, and it's pretty open, it's opening up, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, it, I haven't heard probably as it, but it's voter disease, so I'm just going to spray if I start to see it. There you go. What's up, Orban? How are you? Good, sir. I'm glad you're here, man. Does anyone have any experience with the advocacy of non-selective Cheetah Pro? Glufosinate ammonium. Um, I don't have just a ton of experience with it, but I used a, you know, a little bit of it and not super pleased with it. It doesn't have the systemic activity that glyphosate does, so it's, you're mainly going to get a top burn on it and then... Uh, chances of it coming back from the root is going to be higher than it would be with glyphosate. So uh, it's an okay product. That was frightening. <laughs> My light just almost fell on me. Uh, so chlorothalonil, mode of action follow-up. Does this mean side farms and golf courses would be able to use chlor uh, chlorothalonil as their sole fungicide? Yes, they could. They definitely could. That doesn't mean they will, but they could. Uh, can I max, mix humic acid with herbicides when I spray? Yes, Ray. Um, whoa, whoa, we jumped down. Okay, here we go. I'm looking at a 12-gallon push broom, uh, push boom sprayer battery powered. I've saw the Chapman model online, but I'm really feeling that the boom is only on one side. Any recommendations for anyone here? There's lots of people here that have built them. I would hop over to the Lawn Forum. Hop on over to lawnforum.com and you will see all kinds of systems that people built. Um, Reload Dad built a system. Uh, Connor Ward built a system. Um, those are YouTube guys too that have done that. Um, let's see. First strategy for areas in the lawn that potentially flood during heavy spring rains. Quick release granular versus liquids. How long for each method would be ineffective due to flooding rain? Liquid in that particular instance with a foliar application uh, would be your better bet. Or actually you could do quick release granular too. But with, with foliar applications, you're going to get a portion of that that's taken up by the leaves. It's not going to be a lot, but you will get some. So it will immediately be into the plant. Um, that doesn't mean 100% of the fertilizer you apply is going to be going to pass into to, through the leaf. Uh, the overwhelming majority of it's going to be taken up through the roots. So uh, it would be best if you control the water, put it down, get it watered in, and then that way you don't have to worry about the rainstorms because the, the roots will be able to use it, not the leaves. And once you apply and you get it watered in, within a few days, if you get a torrential rainfall, you'll probably be okay. Um the permagreen trim only sprays three feet. My passes were seven feet, so the middle section only got half-rate cover. Says pump only puts out one quart, like you said. Ah, you had the trim sprayers. Ah, yes, that makes a big difference. My azorgia grass had brown patch. I was thinking you had both uh, broadcast nozzles going. <clears throat> My azorgia grass had brown patch applied fungicide. Will Miramichi green soil enhancer get it going faster in Memphis? Um, Miramichi Green Soil Enhancer is uh, just biochar. Will it get it going faster than anything else? Probably not. Um, I'm going to look it up real quick. Hang on. Miramichi Green Soil Enhancer. Uh, so I guess that's the carbonized PN. You're definitely not going to hurt anything by putting it down. Is that going to help it go faster? No. Uh, a good fertilizer application would get it going faster. What's up, Castleberry? Glad you're here, sir. Uh, looking to flatten established lawn by adding up to one inch of soil in low spots. What will happen to my existing Kentucky bluegrass rye fescue 
uh, grass blades by adding dirt. Would they die? Um, potentially, yes. If you're going one inch and your height of cut is, say, two inches, then, yeah, the potential's there. I would probably do it a little bit at a time and give it a chance to grow up through it and then put it down more and give it a chance to grow through it and then put down more. A little bit over a long period of time is going to be the safest play there, so be careful. Um, yeah, Castleberry, where's the videos at, sir? Where's the, where's the videos at, Mr. Castleberry? Paul, you've been cranking them out. You've been cranking them out. Uh, let's see here. Uh, granular's oxystrobin has no effect on dollar spot. That is correct. Propiconazole does, and I have it here, and have to mix with water. Uh, so just spray if I start to see dollar spot. Yes, or you can put it down preventatively. Uh, so pay attention to the conditions that lead or have previously led to the outbreak of it, and then you get your dollar spot down. The other thing, too, get some potassium down. Uh, potassium is going to be a good thing in that sense. Yes, working on doing some upgrades. The unicorn spire, woo-two this week, he says. Uh, let's see. What are alternatives to glyphosate? Um, glufosinate is about it. Uh, diquat, uh, probably can't do paraquat anymore. Um, salt, uh, but don't expect anything to grow back. Salty soil is, uh, is dangerous. <laughs> That's really bad. Don't do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, not really a whole lot. That's why glyphosate's kind of the magic, right? It just, it does so well. Look, Ray said, Diquat Blowtorch. Blowtorch is another good one. That'll work. Um, can you recommend a good beer for the lawn? She's worked hard to recover from the winter. She drives a few cold ones. Uh, man, you got to go natural light. I mean, it's got natural in the tagline, right? That, that's what that's what your lawn wants. It wants natural light. Shout out to my brother on that one. Uh, during rainy season in hot weather, is OO20 good on St. Augustine? Uh, Sammy, it depends on your potassium source. There you go. Uh, Matt, I'm having trouble getting color return on my lawn even after a few foliar iron apps. Any thoughts? This is pretty interesting, Ryan. So I know I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in a write up to you too. But um, as a general rule of thumb, when you experience the high rainfall, what you will see is uh, a temporary flushing of the soil. Right. So everything's gonna try and run deeper from a micro microbial standpoint to try and get some air. Right. Assuming you know the top layer is gonna be saturated, it's gonna you know make its way deeper. Um, and with it, you're gonna see movement of mineralized material. So. Um, and, and also, you know, things that are going to be plant available are also going to be soluble in water. So if you've got, um, a lot of rainfall going and a lot of that has been solubilized and moved off target temporarily, you're going to get that flush where you can't get a lot of color from the lawn just because everything has flushed out and either leached or, uh, you know, it's just temporarily not available just due to the overwhelming volume of water. Then also from the plant perspective, the plant is going to be using this water, right? It's going to be using this water, using this water. And as it's cranking out this water and uh, respiration is taking place at an unreal level and you've got diluted water that doesn't have the uh, material in solution, then you're going to have a plant that just doesn't have the color that it previously did have. Now, that being said, when it does dry out, typically that mi microbial action is going to come back and it's going to come back and start working on the soil again, and you'll get a quick flush out of what um, is now mineralized by 
that microbial activity and color will begin to return. Why you're not getting a color response from your iron, I don't know, but it probably has to do the fact that most iron, even applied foliarly, is going to be root absorbed. So, um, I would say it has to do again with the fact that the grass, uh, the, the soil is saturated and it's just taking longer for it to show if it's going to show. And it sounds like in your instance, it's not going to. Um, but I don't know. There could be some other issues at play. I would be curious what your iron rate is currently. Also, uh, with the pH of your soil, you have to be very careful of your iron source. Um, because if you are neutral and above, some ferrous, so for instance, ferrous oxysulfate, um, iron sucrate, um, iron oxide are not going to be plant available. Uh, not very well, at least. So you would want ferrous sulfate, ferrous citrate, ferrous, uh, you know, any of the, um, um, goodness gracious, what is it? Feature, you could run feature, and if you're not getting color from it too, you could always up your feature rate. All right, come on, come on, let's get, let's get, oh man, I gotta, we're jumping all over the place. We were jumping all over the place. I live in South Florida, St. Augustine, Palmetto. I have some Carbon X, expected to later this week. Can I still throw down Carbon X three pounds per thousand, or is it too late in the season? If you're in South Florida, you can go ahead and do that because um, you'll be growing, but just monitor your watering, remember, Monitor your watering because uh, Carbon X is not going to take the place of water. It's just going to take the place of a fertilizer, right? Um, I hit some grass in bed uh, with some two-year-old uh, ready-to-spray Roundup today. And while it looks a little sad, it's not as dead as I would like. Does glyphosate break down over time? Um, no, I, I mean, it might, but it probably not to the point where it's completely neutralized. So I would just give a little more time. See what it looks like in two weeks. See what it looks like in two weeks. Because, you know, I sprayed like my fescue clumps in the backyard were Roundup, and it took two weeks before I even could tell I sprayed it. What is the best herbicide for spot trading Virginia buttonweed in Bermuda? Tough weed. You're right. It is Phil Sullivan. I tell you what I like to do is I like to do a combination of Celsius and Metzulfuron. Um, that is pretty strong. Um, depending on your height of cut, you could also you run with like a fluoroxapir 2,4-D based product. But no, that will ding your Bermuda really bad. So the Momentum FX2 from Site One, I've used a lot of that on buttonweed over the years, and it works well. It just dings the grass. I have heat stress dormant spots. Is there any product other than water to revive it back to green and lush? Uh, Provista St. Augustine. Nope. Waters it. That is it. When you're talking about heat stress and dormancy, it's, it's water. And it's going dormant because it's waterless. Heat is not going to make Provista go dormant. Water will. Um, when my turf type tall fescue goes into summer dormancy, what can I do? As in, uh, when it is dormant, what is the best upkeep or maintenance I can do? The best thing you can do is don't mow it. Don't mow it. Just forget mowing. If it gets to eight inches, let it get to eight inches. Do not mow it. Just leave it alone. Don't mow it. Um, and then other than that, I just leave it alone until you start getting rain again. Um, what is the best way to kill encroaching established weeds in garden beds with plants like boxwoods or hollies? 
Uh, can you be careful and spray Roundup near the plant? Uh, string trim the weeds, the ad preen? Yeah, you can definitely do that. That's no problem at all. Um, because the way Roundup is going to work is it has to come in contact with the leaves, right? Uh, once it hits soil, it becomes inert. So um, you can apply it to your uh, to your, your gardens all around your boxwoods and hollies. Just don't spray the leaves of them, and then you're, you're good to go. And even if you do get a little bit of, of brush up on them, say you, you hit like three or four leaves, you don't need to sweat it. It'll kill those three or four leaves. It's not going to kill the plant. Now, if you spray the whole plant, it's going to kill the plant. Don't do that. How do I get rid of sod webbing? So much came up this weekend. I still have a lot poking up, get, got mad at. Man, <laughs> blowtorch. Look at that. Good call. Blowtorch. Steve Darcy. Hey, Matt. Fungicide to protect in enhanced tillering when seeding. Uh, Kentucky Bluegrass Certified Tall Fescue. Do you have any experience with product Radiate as PGR to fill? I do not know the product called Radiate, but seeding at the, I mean, uh, fungicide at the time of seeding is a great idea. Um, in fact, you can get some seed that already has fungicide impregnated on it. And a lot of times they use methanoxum because when you're dealing with high temperatures and trying to establish seed, um, pythium is what will set in because of the amount of water required to jumpstart that process. It's a breeding ground for pythium. So there you go. Um, you could, um, yeah. And then as far as a PGR, uh, let's see here. Radiate uh, plant growth regulator. And let's see what this is. So, okay, so this is an IBA rooting hormone and a cytokinin. Um, you do not need that. Uh, if you want to to grow it in, uh, you can use a product like Radiate. That's fine. Um, you can use a product like Kelp. Kelp will work too. Um, but I don't. I'm not sure that's going to give you what you're looking for. So I would be using something like Radiate if I was doing a, uh, a graft. I was grafting something. I may use Radiate. If I'm not grafting something, I'm not going to be using that because I can do that. I can get the same effect that you're going to get out of Radiate with other products on the market that probably cost a tenth of it. If you already have it, then if you want to put it down, yeah, you can. Um... But it, it, this is my own personal experience. I, I wouldn't. Um, all right. Let's see here. Let's see here. Kiss the webbing with flame and it should shrivel. Mm. Thank you, Colonel Corn. Thank you, sir. Hey, that's good to hear. What's up, St. Louis, St. Louis Lounge Guru? Mr. Sides down there. That's excellent. Oh, Alan's here. Oh, Alan, we just had we just had your latest video on the TV, and I didn't realize I was going to be singing Usher on video. That was pretty funny. That was really funny. Um, with all the big media and other groups instilling all this fear-mongering, trying to make us afraid of Goliath, and even mowing our grass, what can we do as knowledgeable lawn care people to fight back? Um, don't let them overrun you and then call for help when you need it. And I will put this out there that even me personally... Alan, no, sir, uh-uh. We do not need to go down that road. That is unnecessary. Thank you, but that is unnecessary. We're not going to do that anymore. Um, if, and if you, if, I, I mean, it, here's the thing, the Lawn Stripes, is that you're never going to change their mind. People are stuck in this cognitive dissonance right now, and the only thing they want to hear is the same message that cosigns their own BS. So I would... I would be careful when you engage them, and if you do engage them, engage them with data, no name calling, none of that, 
And then if you get to a point where you feel like you're being outscienced, call on someone else who can outscience them back. And I will lend my name to that, that I, I do love in those scenarios. And I invite them to come after me in those, those type situations because data is data is data is data. And when it comes to carbon sequestration and what turf grass does in terms of purification of air and soil, um, it's really hard to have an argument against it other than irrigation water and the fact that it is a monoculture does put it as a, as a, at a disadvantage. However, uh, if you live in parts of the country where water is abundant, you should be growing some really kick-ass grass and you should be planting some super badass plants to go along with it as surrounds. There's lots you can do with landscape plants there, and that's going to give you your biodiversity you're looking for. Uh, you know, while it's nice to have a golf course with, you know, hundreds of acres of open stands, but you still see other plants on golf courses. And um, if you pay attention to what golf courses actually do, um, they spoon feed at micro rates. And everybody has this idea that they're putting out just tons and tons and tons of chemicals. No, they're not. They're applying very small amounts uh, just more frequently to mitigate things like runoff into your streams and stuff. If you want to check and, and monitor like the output, the runoff that comes from a golf courses versus what comes from a farm, those are way two totally different things. And they're not going to go after farms because everybody needs to eat. Just going to throw that out there. Um, hey, Matt, a bit science related. Uh, is there any benefit to test sugar levels with a bricks hydrometer and turf or soil to see how well first and or other inputs are working or to just test certain things. Um, so a bricks hydrometer may be okay. Yeah, I mean, th that's just gonna tell you, you know, like how densely green is your grass. So in terms of turf, where you're not really scoring things by sugar content of the leaves, it's not, I mean, no, it's not really gonna tell you a whole lot. Um, if you're looking for specific deficiencies or something like that, a Brix hydrometer is not going to tell you that you got a soil test. So is there any point to having one? No, uh, because what's most important is that, you know, when you're driving down the street, you see your yard and you say, that looks badass. Um, and then you can go put a Brix meter on it and see that, oh yeah, my Brix content is super high. You know, photosynthesis is taking place and you know, I'm, I got, I got fairly balanced soil. Outside of that, it's, it, it's just, it's a cool, it's a cool story to tell your neighbor. <laughs> uh, hey man come check out my bricks hydrometer we're going to test your grapevines but really for grapes i mean it makes sense right because that's how they grade grapes on sugar content of of the grape but with turf grass you're not grading it on on sugar content you're uh, grading it on um january to january performance uh look at look at ryan <laughs> yeah right ryan is singing out there belting it out i'm not i'm not gonna sing i'm not gonna do that hey i will come back alan i will come back to saint pete that was some of the most fun i have ever had in a 72 hour period oh trent oh trent i'm not gonna convert to the rest for omaha but i will cheer for um i will cheer for Ole miss beat Omaha, take them down. Take it down. My turf calls me. I must obey. But no more of that, Trent. No more. That is unnecessary, sir. Um, all right, let's get up here to the questions. Uh, do you personally think Roundup is harmful to humans? Uh, Army football, no, and I will tell you why. Because um, I just don't take my word for it. <laughs> Go do the research yourself. Look into it. Pay pay attention to what happens. I will say Monsanto is a company is a train wreck, an absolute train wreck. 
what they do, the way they handle their seed. I mean, it's it's a nightmare, and it's no wonder they developed the reputation they they developed. They brought it on themselves. But um, you know, this has you, you have to think for the duration that this has been has has been used and the amount of exposure that's being made and the people that are in these lawsuits right now are not the farmers that are spraying thousands and thousands and thousands of gallons uh what you're seeing are people that sprayed it for one or two years contracted non-hopkins lymphoma and all of a sudden are saying that well the glyphosate got me it just doesn't work like that um in my opinion and as the data typically shows um so I will say this, though. It is always wise to use common sense. Use your PPE. Do the things you're supposed to do as an applicator. It's all about risk mitigation, right? All about risk mitigation. But I did do a video that was called, Is uh, Monsanto Trying to Kill Us? Let me see if I can find this. Uh, I'm going to do a video search on the old Google here. And I believe I did this on the carbon. No, this was on the grass factor. So I will share this video with you and feel free to watch it. Army football. And I kind of detail the case, uh, but a lot of what we see in, um, um, the media right now is what's known as chemophobia. And uh, there are lots of universities that are beginning to talk about um, chemophobia. And it's, you know, it's one of those things. I'll give you a little more balanced approach here uh, with something like that. So, yeah, read into it. And, uh, and you know, there are many of herbicides and insecticides and fungicides and stuff that are harmful to humans. Glyphosate is not one of them. One more sandy soil question. I know I need to water deep and infrequent, but my soil doesn't hold on to water. I raised my height to cut to three inches. Um, I've been watering twice a week and getting in my one inch, but soil is kind of dry still. So you want the surface to be kind of dry. Um, you know, when you're dealing with sandy soil, that's one of those things that you, yeah, you may be watering, you know, th- twice a week, and you may need to bump that to three times a week just because your soil isn't holding water. So. Don't be scared to make adjustments if you need to. Play with it and see what performs best. Uh, let's see. So should I re- reapply or still wait a week? I will go ahead and reapply. Um, Army, everything everything is harmful to humans. Don't be silly with it. There you go. That's a nice, balanced, honest statement. I sprayed Dismiss on my Bermuda middle of May. Can I spray another app in June with Dithypier? Yeah, you can. Absolutely, you can. Um, I don't know why you're spraying Dithyapir then. I would probably already have it down by then. But if you want to spray it then, then yeah, you could if you're not over your uh, yearly limit. And yes, you can spray it with uh, with sulfentrazone. No problem. I'm looking for a reliable, relatively affordable soil tester. Anyone have any thoughts? Um, what are you trying to test in your soil? Uh, because what you can't get with a soil tester are MPK uh, and minor values or micronutrient values. So... What I would recommend is just pay the 10, 15 bucks and send it off to get it done. Uh, unless you have, um, uh, unless you have the ability to, uh, you got to get a, get a lab set up and do testing that way. Because really that's what you would need. You're not going to be able to, even the pH meters are, are garbage. Um, you need something with, with glass tubes and they're going to be really sensitive and, um, probably break the first time you attempt to use them in a lawn. They have to be really, really 
um, sensitive soft glass. Uh, yes, it does. Sundays at 9 o'clock is when I'm typically going to be showing up. Oh my gosh, it is already 10.01. I'm going to change my scene here. Um, I'm not going to end the show yet. I'm going to keep going here for a little bit. But I do wanted to say, um, if y'all would like to catch up with me in other places besides YouTube, I will tell you exactly how. Um, you can go to thelawndiscord.com. Um, that is for the show before the show and the show after the show and typically where I just hang out day in and day out. So you can hang out over there at thelawndiscord.com. You can also check me out at thegrassfactor at gmail.com. Shoot me an email, shoot me a picture. If I do not get back to you right away, please forgive me. It will take some time. I'm getting an insane amount of emails right now. It's busy, growing season. Um, I do a lot of shipping from the, the Grass Factor, so... Uh, that email gets bogged down, and sometimes it, you know it may take me a few weeks to get back to you. However, I will do my best to get back to you in a prompt fashion. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram at the Grass Factor and see what goes on in my life in kind of a day-to-day basis and what's going on here at my house. Or you can find me over on thelawnforum.com as the Grass Factor. I tend to lurk more than I participate over on thelawnforum.com, and. It does, uh, I typically don't need to say a whole lot in there because the guys there are uh, more knowledgeable than I am. So, there we go. There we go. Um, everything I do is on video. When you come here, you have fun. That's right. That is right. Uh, I've used zero herbicides in the lawn so far. Bermuda's choking out what weeds there there are out. That's good. Uh, Casper, that's, you know, that's, you. hopefully that's the dream team right there, you know, when you put down um uh a pre-emergent and then you real mow real mowing is going to do a lot more for that because you're able to maintain a high to cut that is relatively unnatural for weeds um i doubt you will have to use uh, any herbicides until you start if you get populations of like spurge that can tolerate low heights cut or um uh what would the other one be uh sedges uh, uh your real mowers won't take take down sedges very effectively, and it definitely won't kill them. Uh, what's going on, Long Guardian? It's been a while since I've been able to tune in. Glad you're here, sir. Hey, man, I put down Eagle Fungicide, and it's about seven hours later. It's raining cats and dogs. Am I screwed? I don't think so, BW. I think you'll be fine. What's up, Turf Nerd? How are you, good sir, man? How are you? Um, my lawn is not a monoculture. I Bermuda grass, torpedo grass, and droves. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I'm not a fan of golf course knobs. Talk to too many of them. Man, you aren't even kidding. Don't even get me started on that one. I have Virginia buttonweed in my St. Augustine. Woo! That's a fun one. Metzelfuron in your future. Celsius, Eric Von Waddell. Celsius and Metzelfuron. I mean, and, uh, and Celsius. We'll, we'll get you. We'll get you. Uh, quantifying that your turf looks sweet with the bricks. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you get a pure bricks, I mean, I guess, yeah, you could chart it that way. And then you'd say, you know, hey, when I have a bricks count of X value, it doesn't look anywhere near as good as when I have uh, a bricks count of Y value. Hotty toddy, he says, look at that. You got another fan in here, Trent. You got another one in here. 25 square feet of grass creates enough oxygen for one human for a day. Look at that. Look at that. How do I keep my neighbor's ivy and clover from creeping over to my backyard? It drives me nuts while I sit my cold beverage on my back porch. What's up, John Borden? 
man, I tell you what, what you do. You, you, so technically, you can spray anything that comes over onto your side of the fence. So what you want to do is use a um, a powerful herbicide, uh, phenoxy herbicide or something of the sort, trichopyr, fluoroxypyr, three-way. If you need some, I got plenty here at the house. Here, JV, JV. I don't know if you saw, but you were all over. You were on the video today too. <laughs> so check out Alan's latest video. It is uh, is hilarious, but um yeah you can spray what's on your side of the fence legally as long as it doesn't kill the plant so probably what that will do is that will just kill it up to the point that you spray it and then be done with it will it keep it from coming back no but it will keep it managed all right let's see here glyphosate cases are lawyers trying to make money that's it from a lawyer from a lawyer watch the millennial farmer i will say i absolutely love that channel what an awesome channel i think that guy is really something special spawn two is looking at you <laughs> uh does dismiss work on nutgrass and broadleaves or should i add three-way when spot spraying nutgrass does have activity on broadleaf i mean sulfendrazone does have activity on broadleaves but double check the label make sure the weed you're going after is on that label if it's not you want to spike it with a little bit of three-way to broaden that spectrum of control typically one ounce would be enough when combined with sulfentrazone to get the broadleaf weeds that you're going for. Can I use uh, poly sand to level my Bermuda? Do I need to get the good stuff from the nursery mixed with topsoil? Play sand. Yeah, use play sand, masonry sand, whichever one you want to get. Just pick one and run with it. Yeah, don't don't worry about going for the expensive stuff. It's crap. Um, I think glyphosate fear is likened to all the people using buzzwords to jump on the bag when suddenly requiring gluten-free, sugar-free, diet, caffeine, zero calorie food. Yep, I agree 1 million percent. And, you know, because it's one thing to say um, that um, you should drink this bottle of water. You should drink water before because it's good for you versus saying um, you should drink water because everything else will kill you. You know, it's, 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 technically it's not lying. It's just really stretching it out there and putting, you know, fear first, fear first. Carbon X plus H2O is lush. <laughs> How fast does prodiamine degrade in this summer heat in the Southeast Alabama here? It should last the season depending on your rate. It definitely can. Uh, can diapers be mulched in as a Milo alternative? <laughs> no, fortunately, no, it cannot. Uh, treated my lawn with disease X and bioadvanced fungus propaganazole May 9th. Reapplied propaganazole on May 29th. How long should I should it take to clear up? I've been bagging clippings last two cuts. Bagging clippings is not going to help. Um, if you've applied twice and your disease isn't clearing up, you're probably applying the wrong fungicide. Or you're trying to apply it as a granular, you need to apply it as a liquid. Um, or you're using the wrong rate. Um, yeah, or you're using a fungicide that's not going, that doesn't work on that particular disease. It's a misidentification of disease. Or it could be that the disease you have is already uh, tolerant of that active ingredient. So, um, yeah, you may be just out of luck on that active ingredient uh, altogether. Velvet grass, man, I cannot recall what it looks like off the top of my head. Yorkshire fog. Um, I never specifically had to deal with a whole lot of velvet grass. I do remember seeing it from time to time. Um, and you are dealing with it. Uh, is glyphosate my only option? What is your turf type, Jameson? I do not know what your turf type is. 
Um, if you are in cool season grass, which I'm going to guess right now you are in, then I do not know. You may want to play with like um, Phenoxaprop or Fluazifop and see what that does. But I can't, I don't know anything off the top of my head. Let me let me do a quick search here. Velvet Grass Control. North Carolina is going to talk a little bit about it. Of course, North Carolina talks about everything really well. So, um, it's not Rhizomatous. It is perennial. Yeah, I would probably... Huh? Yeah, I don't I don't know your turf type, so it's going to be hard for me to recommend a product. Um, but uh, I'm assuming, uh, Jameson, if you've got cool season grass, I'd probably go start with Phenoxaprop or Fluazifop. If you're dealing with warm season grass, I would probably start with Celsius or uh, Celsius and Revolver. I think those two may be your best bet. Or if it's purely Bermuda grass you have, maybe something like Syncor would be a good start too. We drill and service water wells for Monsanto Bear. The Glypho protesters were so thick one day with the local police and sheriffs who couldn't get access to the well. My goodness, that is brutal. Brutal. My goodness. Well, everybody, we have come up on 1010, and I'm going to go ahead and call the show here. I appreciate everybody tuning in today. I absolutely love this hour of my life. It's a ton, a ton of fun. So I appreciate everybody tuning in. I hope you learned something today. If you haven't, please hit the subscribe button. That's what tells me what to keep going. As long as the channel continues to grow, I will continue to produce content with nothing but happiness and joy coming from me. So everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. Take it easy. I love Tommy Lee Jones, Long Care Nut. I love Tommy Lee Jones. And I will say, this is the movie I have seen. What is the movie with uh, Harrison Ford when he was the prisoner and then got off the train? Uh, he was Dr. Kimball, and they thought he killed his his wife. I cannot remember. Uh, Harrison Ford, train crash... Uh, the fugitive, the fugitive, ah, the fugitive. I love Tommy Lee Jones in that, and I also love um, uh, Harrison Ford in it as well. What a great movie! I and y'all, I'll tell you why this is funny because uh, I do not watch movies at all. Like, do not watch movies, and everybody always gives me a hard time about it whenever they hang out with me. They'll mention something about a movie, and I've never seen it. But I have seen this movie. I love The Fugitive. I think it's a great film. I love Tommy Lee Jones in it. I love Harrison Ford. I love all you guys. Y'all have a good one. Can't thank you enough. Take it easy.